Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Hey, parents, welcome once again to the Wonder of Parenting podcast where uh, Michael Green and I use brain science research to talk about the best ways, uh, or at least good ways, to raise your sons and your daughters. And uh, Michael, I'm, I'm really excited about these next several podcasts because our next four podcasts, we're going to be answering questions from our listeners. The good news for us is we have at least four listeners, uh, and uh, <laughs> thankfully we have a lot more than that. And uh, the good news for our listeners is I hope that they'll see that when we get questions, we really do take them seriously, and we get them up on the docket as soon as we possibly can. And uh, today, um, we're going to start with a question that uh, I know a lot of parents are going to be uh, wrestling with, it has to do with learning challenges with their kids. And it's a real personal one in my family right now, so I'll tell a little bit of our own story with my grandson. Uh, before we do that, though, we, we want to say a special welcome to those of you who are listening for the very first time, and glad that you're uh, checking us out. And if you like what you hear, you can go to our website, wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com, and there you'll find links to various places where you can subscribe to this podcast. If you scroll down, you'll find some resources there as well that uh, Michael and I have created uh, to help you as parents grow in the various areas that we're talking about. Uh, so that's wonderofparenting.com. You can also stay connected to us on our Facebook group page and just go to Facebook and do a search of Wonder of Parenting and join. And uh, we've got some stuff on there that we do that we can't do on our podcasts. Uh, sometimes uh, post some links that we reference uh, that maybe pass you by quickly in a podcast. So we encourage you to go to Wonder of Parenting on Facebook and join our Facebook group page. So, uh, Michael, I want to start by, first of all, hi. Hey, hi, Tim. <laughs> We're glad you're here. Um, you and, too. And uh, so this comes from Mary, and I'm not going to read her whole email here uh, because it goes into some really uh, good detail, and, and I know you've had a chance to see this, but let me uh, read a few of the highlights so we get a sense of the question. Uh, then I'm going to talk a little bit about my grandson, and uh, then Michael will let you kind of take it from there for us. So she writes, Dear Dr. Gurian, I'm the mother of eight children and I say, God bless you, mm. uh, five boys, three girls. My three girls have excelled in school. And she gives a little bit of their background, but then she turns to her sons, and that's a different story. She says, the reason I'm reaching out is all of our sons have some issue with ADD, ADHD, dyslexia, 
executive functioning, memory issues, etc. And I don't know how to help my boys. We have always gotten tutors. We've relaxed on requirements, uh, but I'm discouraged and so are they. We did not put any of our boys on medication. And then she goes on and she asks some questions, you know, what's the best kind of school for my boys with that situation? And you can just hear her heartache uh, as she's agonizing mm-hmm. over her sons. And um, to personalize this a little bit for us, uh, I have five grandkids and they're all geniuses, of course, and beautiful, beautiful kids. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and uh, my daughter's firstborn is a, a boy. He's now, he's eight years old, second grade. And we noticed pretty early on that he had some learning challenges. His, his, uh, his speech came late. Uh, and uh, even to this day, he's got some challenges pronouncing words. Uh, we found that he was falling behind school. And um, so she, uh, particularly Alicia, but her hubby as well, started looking around at some different uh, groups to try to see if there was a way to figure out what was going on with him and learning. Uh, she's she's uh, paid a lot of money in this process, kind of going from person to person. And, and uh, finally, she found some really good people she trusts who've done, to the best of their ability, uh, some testing on, on Judah and have discovered that he does have a lot of challenges. He, he scores very, very high in intellect. He's a very empathic boy. Uh, he's just a sweet boy. Uh, but he's got uh, some ADHD. He has, um, I didn't know this, but apparently there's a couple forms of dyslexia, and he's got them. Um, he has some challenges with his executive functioning, with memory, with anxiety. And uh, so right now, what... Uh, Alicia and Corey, her husband, are trying to do along with us is just look at all the data now and all of the different recommendations because everybody has a slightly different recommendation for him and then try to the best of our ability, make a good decision for him for his schooling uh, because he's probably already a year or two behind uh, where he should be. And, um, you know, so the question is, how do we get him caught up and how do we at the same time address all of these myriads of issues that he's struggling with in his life? Uh, and they are experimenting with him on a medication, which has seemed to help uh, slow him down a little bit. And um, but uh, so, so the first question I have for you, Michael, in all of this, and there's so much to talk about today. Um, we were having this discussion with my staff at church the other day. Is is it just us, or does there seem to be a lot more? Uh, of these types of learning challenges today with kids that maybe we've not seen before, or do we just, are we more aware of them? What's going on? Yeah. Well, there's a lot more. That's for sure. Uh, the, we, we look at a number of causes. I would say that probably the primary cause for these real disorders. And I, what I mean by that is I know that people will say, well, I think my son has been misdiagnosed with ADD and I want to just make that topic too. I want to set yep. set that aside for a minute. Okay. The real, because I know we're going to talk about that, but the real, uh, what's really going on, uh, the folks that really have it, uh, the primary causes, and people may not know this, but the primary causes are are really at a cellular level. So there's, um, uh, as you and I have discussed, there are neurotoxins, environmental neurotoxins that are attacking uh, sperm and egg, carried in sperm and egg. So then when child um, is conceived, right? They're already in, in the chromosomes and, um, and, and, or when the child is born, as the child is growing up, they can get triggered 
And so very early on, a lot of parents notice their child is autistic or is on the ASD spectrum. Their child is uh, like dyslexic or has the, the disorders you've been describing, ADD, ADHD. My daughter uh, was dyslexic, is dyslexic. Uh, so yes, we're having a lot more of it. And I would say the primary reason is at the cellular uh, environmental biological level. All right. Now, uh, you were going to talk a little bit about uh, ADHD and misdiagnosis. So let's maybe start there. And then I've I've got a bunch of questions because this is my grandson we're talking about. And I'm guessing a lot of our folks listening right now, uh, there's a lot of them who are struggling with these same things. Yeah. Well, and it's important. The reason I'm bringing this up about the environmental neurotoxins and the cellular level is, is that we've gotten to a point in the science and, and, and folks, you can check this out in Saving Our Sons or the Minds of Girls. And I've got end notes there. So we've gotten to the point in the science where we understand that a child is not becoming dyslexic because of something mom or dad did, right? That it's right. not, it's not about, well, I don't know, mom punished the child or dad punished the child or the child didn't eat lettuce or, you know, it's not, it's, uh, it's, it's at that deeper level. So there hopefully is some relief for parents. And then when they're problem solving, they can problem solve directly at causation and then at solutions. Okay, so in terms of ADD and ADHD, that's also very real. And um, our Green Institute research over the last 20 years, we've just did the best we could to collect from the thousands of schools we've been in. And we're looking, we believe there's around a 40% misdiagnosis rate, mainly for males, mainly for males. Okay. And um, we think that's getting smaller and smaller, and it's definitely smaller in the schools that we are providing training in and providing resources in. Um, you know, they're having less less diagnoses because they're dealing with some of the roots of the issues of boys in school. Um, uh, but that still means 60% at least are real uh, ADD, ADHD. And um, uh, so I just ask parents to look, and if they see a school system where obviously great people in that system, but if they haven't been trained in any male brain stuff, then they are going to tend to overreact to males and parents may tend to overreact because they don't understand male, female brain difference and, and uh, male learning needs. And so then everyone tries to put them on meds quick. Okay. Those guys are who I think, or that situation is what I think Mary was trying to protect her kids from when she said, I'm not putting them on meds. Right. Um, right. I personally do think meds are very good. Uh, but they have to be, you know, right for that child. Yes. And and for that forty percent, meds are not good. Uh, that's misdiagnosed. But the, for the sixty percent who are, who have a correct diagnosis, I would say meds can be good. So so when we're we're talking about those who are misdiagnosed, particularly boys, they're misdiagnosed because they tend to be uh, more kinesthetic, more rambunctious. Uh, maybe more disruptive in the classroom, and so we we think because they're acting like boys that they've got a problem. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess all of the there and then also the verbal, you know, the platform is such a verbal literacy platform right. in the first sort of pre-K all the way through fifth, sixth grade. Uh, and um, boys are a year, year and a half behind girls in verbal literacy. So that means, you know, reading, writing, um, sometimes speaking. That's an area where, you know, boys and girls pretty similar. But in the reading, writing, uh, that's where that discrepancy can show up. And um, And the expectation is that a boy should be like let's say reading by four and okay, he's not reading by four and he drifts away from looking at the book. So then someone thinks, oh, well, you know, mm. maybe he's got a focus problem and, right. and, and, and he could, but we're also saying, wait a minute, developmentally, a lot of four-year-old boys, their brains are not ready to read yet. So wait till six 
you know, most of those guys are going to start reading. We don't have to force it at four and start them on a pathway of this misdiagnosis. So it's both behavioral and I would argue it's also that sort of use your words verbal literacy platform. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, so this is at a, a cellular level. Um, and uh, would, would the same be true then of some of these other things like uh, dyslexia and, and executive functioning, memory issues? Is that cellular as well? Yeah, I, I, definitely going to be cellular. Now, it's in some kids... You know, they could have like a brain injury. Okay, mm -hmm. so it could, right. it's still going to be cellular, but the causation is they they you know hit their head a number of times. That can can cause these things, uh, right? Because it's messing with the brain. Um, in the main, though, statistically, I would say yes that most of this, like your grandson, my daughter has dyslexia, your grandson has issues. Uh, that's you know that's not something mom and dad did. That's something that came in on this genome and got triggered. Uh, and probably would have been triggered anyway, no matter what the family system, uh, mm -hmm. since he has so many serious uh, uh, questions in the way his brain moves. Now, we want to remember, these guys are really smart. And so, yes. are, so are the girls. And my daughter has dyslexia. I mean, this is, this is across the board, male and female. A lot of these folks who have these disabilities that make it difficult for them in school, they later in life are going to do some amazing things because yes. they're, they're really smart. It's just that they're not, that we have to maneuver the system because they are not set up well for the system so uh, there may be some parents who are, are listening to this and they're they're thinking about their their child or maybe grandchildren and we're hearing okay it's at a cellular level does that mean that you can't do anything to to affect the cellular level or what are some things that parents can begin to do uh to address these issues or, or help their kids learn how to live with those issues uh, and, and turn them into a positive or however we want to state it. Well, yeah, this is now this is, you know, a five hour podcast because we each of these. <laughs> right. So I'll go really fast because, you know, each of these is its own. And this is why case by case is so important. Each is its own thing. So if we pick, let's pick ADD, ADHD. So we look at that. And if, if a parent listening to this has a child who's and again, we have to pick developmentally a certain age, let's say right. six, okay. and and then is saying, okay, um, maybe, then one of the things we do is we look at the system. We look, is it a verbal literacy platform? Is Are the expectations for this young male incorrect? Um, is it behavioral? You know, what is it? And then we attack that on a case-by-case -case basis, and if we... If, and we got to get neuropsych batteries. If we think it's ADD or ADHD, we have to have neuropsych batteries. That's four to six hours of, of testing. Uh, may not happen until he's seven, eight, or nine, but that's what we want to get the right diagnosis. Then once we have the diagnosis, then we do, like some of what Mary's doing, we get tutors. Uh, there are a number of supplements people can take. Um, medication can be really useful. 
you know, all of these have to be done with the with doctor's orders, of course. Um, and and we we look at it as a part of the life story of this child. And so the the system accommodates. Like if the child, let's say, is eight now, has ADD, ADHD, is playing an hour of video games a night. Well, we're probably going to not do that anymore, right? We got to alter the lifestyle. So it's not just going to be um, maybe supplements, omega threes, or, or various things, as well as maybe meds. But it's also going to be altering the lifestyle to make sure that that this child has the best chance to succeed. And in if the child is in a school that is simply not set up, you know, where there are like, like for me, the threshold is if there's 20 to 30% of the kids, it's going to be mainly males who are diagnosed in a school with ADD or ADHD, then there's something wrong with the school. And I just use that as a, as a way of diagnosing it. It could, that could be wrong, but because again, schools are case by case basis and they're sure. doing great work, but you know, that's a lot. And that's going to mean that the system has, is misdiagnosing some of these kids. So parents also have to walk into the school. And like, I'll give you an example, which is really coincidental to us um, uh, taping this podcast. So I was getting my tennis racket. I play tennis. I was getting my tennis racket restrung. And I walked into the place in my town that I do that. And there was a, a woman there with her two sons. And she said, are you Michael Gurian? And <laughs> she, she had read a, a number of my books. And, and I said, yes. And so we started interacting. And she said, well, you know, because of your your boys and girls learn differently, she said, I had a, I went into every school my sons were going to go to, and I looked, and I had a checklist, because I have kind of a checklist in that book. I had a checklist, and I saw, okay, did they have movable chairs? Did the teacher sit at a desk or move around the room? Did the students move around there? And so she talked about all these things, and then she talked about how, okay, if they didn't check off the checklist, she looked for another school, hmm. and um, both her kids are in college now. And she was just adamant about that. And that's the kind of thing we have to do. And of course, that's what Mary is trying to do um, with her sons. Right. Because you got to have that checklist and make sure that school is set up for these guys. And that school that has 30% kids on Ritalin, you know, I would argue it's not set up for them. So that's so, just ADD, ADHD. Right. That's just so, covering that one thing. <laughs> yeah. So let, let's stay there a little bit because that, okay. that can that'll kind of serve then as our metaphor for some of the other challenges because we we obviously can't go into each one of them. But um, so a, a person, uh, uh, let's say a boy with ADD or ADHD, will they have that the rest of their lives, or can that be tamed? Can it be eliminated? Yeah, it's a yes and no. I mean, you have something. It's you, you do have it, but um, a lot of lot of young people as they're moving into late, you know, adolescence, they get all the hormonal hits, which of course do a lot of things to the brain, right? During adolescence, yep. to some extent, what what puberty and adolescence does is it activates uh, a lot of the brain centers that are going to be most useful in the future, and and it works on deactivating, pruning away stuff that isn't as useful. And, and so with things like ADD, ADHD, uh, people will, um, I mean, I'm an example. I was on Ritalin at 10, utterly hyperactive, you know, really a challenge for my teachers and parents. Um, but gradually late adolescence, by the time I went to college, I had grown out of quote, grown out of a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And that's really true. And of course I'm smart enough by 18 to 22 to start creating a lifestyle uh, so I'm running, I was running every day then because before I got old, but I was running every day, you know, and getting that energy out. Right. And that was yeah. helping my brain and all that. So yes, to some, to some extent, yes, we can say we mature out 
of these. But at the same time, someone right now is 30 or 40 or 50 listening to this who is on Ritalin, you know, will say, no, wait, I didn't mature out of it. So it's case by case. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, and um, so, so you talked a little bit about lifestyle. And and this is going to be true for for all of these learning disabilities. Lifestyle mm-hmm. ch- changes may be different, but there there seem to me to be some common threads. And one is screen time. You mentioned it, but mention it again because oh, yeah. uh, uh, it's so important. Yeah, the screens. So in some cases, screen time is a good thing. Uh, in some cases, for some kids with concentration challenges or learning difficulties they actually can they they can learn better looking at the screen let's say they're more visual than auditory so a classroom where a teacher's talking not as good for them looking at the screen can help um so so we want to figure that out with the help of professionals figure out and then using use the screens for that um not as much for entertainment and that sort of thing because the general reality of screen time if you have any of these brain disorders the general reality is that it it also can uh, create harm um, in terms of uh, in terms of the the growth, the maturing out of you know that we were talking out of uh, talking about. So if someone is is you know really ought not be in front of screens for six hours, but is then gradually year two years later, you know that is going to do damage, and it's going to be harder for this child to mature out. So you you want to get the professionals to look at it and see what the right uses of the screen time are and uh, what the wrong uses of screen time are uh, for all kids, and especially kids who have these challenges. Uh, and then I, I would imagine that diet plays a role, particularly sugar, stimulants. Sure. Yeah, sugar. Caffeine. Uh, yes, and if people are listening to this and never have heard this before, this could be life-saving. Um, the, the, the thing about food, remember food is cellular, and the brain is a, uh, sorry, the stomach is a second brain. So mm. what goes into the stomach is directly connected to the brain. And um, so gluten. So there are a lot of people who have ADD or ADHD, real, well-diagnosed uh, or even misdiagnosed. They're, they're, it looks like they have it. But they don't really have it. Um, they get off gluten and they have big changes mm. uh, because, because they are allergic to gluten. So it's constantly re-triggering whatever are the ragged edges on their chromosomes. And these are ragged edges on the chromosome, right? For my daughter, your son, me as ADD, all of these are ragged edges on the chromosomes. They're getting triggered. And um, uh, so the gluten is triggering them. You get the kid, that child off gluten. Now remember, this won't work for every child, but this is just one of the things to look at. Gluten, like you said, sugar, sugar. Get everyone to look at these things and, um, and parents can do citizen science. Uh, if they don't have access to a naturopath or someone who can test for all this, they can take a child off of let's say sugar for a week, see what happens. Take a child off gluten for a week, see what happens. Um, uh, take a child off yeast if the child's allergic to yeast. What are, you know, there's so many things. Kids can be allergic to garlic. I mean, there's so many things that are food, and they can alter lifestyle and and alter what's going on in their brain. A really dramatic example of gluten is in. Um, uh, schizophrenia hmm. and about a third in the Feingold studies, about a third of the people who had schizophrenia, uh, when taken off gluten, um, those, uh, those symptoms dissipated and they became functional. So, you know, that's a stark thing, schizophrenia, but that shows the power of a food like gluten. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So I, one of the things that we want to say to parents, uh, and you've said a couple times, that whatever learning challenge your child has, it's not your fault. Um, there's a cellular level, or uh, in some cases, it can be just a systems issue, particularly with your boys. Um, well, let me say something. Yeah. That it, it would be the parent's quote-unquote fault if the parent is beating the child. Yes. I mean, I don't. I think we all know that. No, I mean, if a parent is beating a child, you could cause brain damage. And yes, right. You could right. cause trauma, and trauma can trigger some of these ragged edges. So I, I pause for not saying that earlier. It is possible for it to be, quote-unquote, the parent's fault if they are are consistently traumatizing a child. Right. And, that, and that also bracketing that for- out. Right. And that can also go for other trauma, an accident or whatever it might be. Anything. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So, go ahead. so, but, but mainly what, you know, what I hear you yeah, saying. Mainly is, it's not parents' fault. Right. No. For, for good, for, for parents who are good parents, they're wonderful parents, uh, and are agonizing over what did I do? And I, I know my, my son-in-law has felt a little bit of that, you know, well, this has got to be my fault. Well, well no, um, this is just, you know, it's, it's something that, that your son has, um, and that there are some things that we can do uh, in terms of immediately screen time, watching diet. But but walk us through a little bit. Um, you're a parent. Let's say you're the, you're the parent of a, we'll use my grandson, eight-year-old son, and uh, you know that he's got some learning challenges. What are some of the initial steps that you would take to figure out what's going on in his life? And then I've got a follow-up question for you. Okay. Well, I I think you and and your family will actually be able to answer that in a sense better than me. I remember in talking to you all and all our because we're friends and our interactions, I think they went through it in the right way. They started researching, right? They they yep. started Alicia and, and the team, I think, started and you all started researching through Google, et cetera, trying to figure out, okay, what could this be? Then reached out to professionals in your local area yep. who who um, maybe could help. And then when the professionals in the local area weren't really figuring it out. If I recall, you guys reached out to some folks about about six hours away from you over in California. Yeah, so so didn't you? Uh, yeah, Alicia, uh, and that's was what taking, you have to do. Yeah, you just got to find it. Alicia was taking right. them over, and then and then ironically, we actually found some better people over here. And, and part of it right. for us, I think, is that this is a really quickly moving science. Uh, it's it's still so new in many ways, 
and uh, we see we seem to be at least from from my layman's perspective even though some of these things may have you know you you uh, professionals would know about it but us lay people are just learning about these things like executive functioning what the heck is that and, right. and memory yeah. what what's with this memory thing and um, i mean these are all things that that not many people are talking about we all know about ADD and ADHD that's been talked about for a while but these new things and you know and part of it is um even though it's a science, in a sense, it's an art because each child responds differently. Each person responds differently to therapy. And so one size doesn't usually fit all. And that's, I think, kind of the frustration for at least for, for my family. Yeah, it has to be case by case. You have to search out like like y'all did, like you're describing, just going from place to place, trying to find. It is, it is a quickly changing science. So you might... A parent might go to one pediatrician who says one thing, yep, uh, or one expert who says one thing, and then go to another one who says something different. Yes. and then the parent is just like, "What? Aren't mm-hmm. isn't there agreement among you guys?" Well, there isn't because, as you say, it's this. See, what's happened uh, in the last fifteen years since genome mapping is we've got access to um, all sorts of new knowledge about like why this stuff happens on the genome and in the chromosomes, um, uh, but that doesn't mean that everyone has gotten that knowledge. It doesn't mean that everyone is specializing in that area. Um, uh, uh, you know, and so you have to find the person who does. And then a lot of people don't look at, at sex and gender. So some people will, they'll just be broadly into say ADD, ADHD, right. uh, or into executive functioning. But, you know, I would like also us to seek out the people who, and certainly for the the counseling part and the lifestyle change part, people who understand boys, right? For boys yep. and people who understand girls for girls, hormonology for girls, uh, because that's really important. And a lot of people don't, don't specialize in male, female, or either, or, or both. And so then there are other challenges because this is a male brain, but that psychologist doesn't know anything about the male brain. Didn't right. learn about that. Yeah. So then we're in another road and, um, and that's a really smart psychologist, but, I've got three, like Mary, who has the three sons. She kept looking for help, and there were her girls flourishing, and her boys, she couldn't, couldn't, they couldn't flourish. Um, so obviously, the professionals along the way weren't weren't specializing in males, didn't really understand. And now these guys are older. They're, if I remember, yep, yep. they're like kind of college, uh, late high school, college age. Yep. Um, and there was Mary. You know, so that means Mary, when the kids started showing this five, six, seven. That's right around when genome mapping even started. So hardly anyone was able to do what we're talking about right now. Now, every parent listening to this can ask their professional to please um, do a, a, a gene testing. So to figure out what are the genes for these kids, for each of these kids, and then um, uh, that's going to help with what meds will work for those genes so that, that these parents don't have to go through a year, two years, and the kids, a year or two years of experimenting with meds. So we now can do that, right? But a lot of psychologists don't even order those tests, don't even know about it. So yeah, it is a, it is a, a fluid science. I think the this is the follow-up, and of course we're getting near the end of our time, and this may be a whole nother uh, podcast somewhere down the line. But one of the uh, the challenges that, that we've been experiencing with, with Judah is uh, trying to figure out what's the best learning environment for him right now, considering that he's a couple of years behind now where he should be. Um, and, uh, you know, what kind of school should he be in? Uh, he, she's, uh, Alicia's had some of the, the people working with him say that he should go to 
this kind of a school. Others mm-hmm. are saying, no, he shouldn't go to school at all. He needs to be homeschooled for a year to get caught up. Uh, and, um, and, and so w- when you're looking for learning environments, so just generally, we'll go into this in some detail later on in a follow-up, but uh, you mentioned this mom you talked to who had her checklist. What are some things that parents need to think about for a learning environment with uh, kids who have learning challenges? Okay, so you're, we're going to want to make sure. Uh, well, let me step one step back. For kids who have significant learning challenges and parents want to help them catch up, the some of the general wisdom is maybe one on one for a year or two. So more more like the homeschooling schooling model because one on one means the child won't get lost in a crowd, right? And so so that's one thing for people to keep in mind that that one on one for a while can be very very helpful. Um, and then gradually the child can transition back into, or for the first time, into school. If we're looking at the school itself, then we're going to be looking um, at how well trained the folks at that school are in in special ed or learning disabilities, learning difficulties, learning challenges. And then we want to ask them their philosophy and then um, interview them and then see if that philosophy fits for our child. Because now, again, this is case by case. So the parents and the and the extended family that's exploring the school has a right to ask these questions. And if the folks answer the questions and the parents feel like, hmm, I don't think so, then, you know, keep looking. Um, And then the third thing I'll say is in general, if you're walking into a classroom and you're wondering if a, if a learning um, challenged child is going to do well, it's especially a male, it's going to probably be a very, as you indicated, kinesthetic classroom, a lot of movement, a lot of kind of rolling around uh, people moving around, but learning still occurring. Um, if the child has executive function problems or behavioral problems, that would be an exception to what I just said, uh, because behavioral and executive functioning challenges, you know, can be behavioral. And so maybe they might be end up being separated and not mainstream, depending on the severity. And if your child, like, has an ADD issue, but but there are five kids in a classroom that have significant behavioral issues. Uh, because they've been mainstreamed into that special ed, then maybe that's not the right place for your child because your child maybe won't learn in that classroom. And so it all has to be done observing the classroom, kind of having a checklist, um, and then feeling empowered to say, well, I don't think my child, my child's so sensitive and so shy that if there are these five executive function problem kids in there, quote unquote, I don't think that's right for my child. Um, and and then we haven't even talked about behavioral disorders and executive function. That might have to be another one. We've mainly yeah. talked about the learning disorders. Right, right. So uh, I know that uh, in, in both of your books, Saving Our Sons and the Minds of Girls, you deal with some of this, particularly the neurotoxins, uh, which is a topic that's going to come up here in the future with Wonder of Parenting. Uh, and you've also created this new online course for parents. D- tell us a little bit about that. Yes. If folks go to gurianinstitute.com, G-U-R-I-A-N institute.com, you're going to immediately see the six-hour online course for parents. And you push that. It's like a photo of me talking. You click it. It sends you to the page. And it's the parent online course page. And then everything is laid out on this page. So um, the course is six hours. Then there's all the materials that come with the course. You buy the course or order the course, but then you you know use it over a period of time. So it's in little segments, so you can use it over a period of time, and um, and it's for your nuclear family. Uh, like like if someone else somewhere else is going to use it, uh, they kind of have to purchase it themselves. But when you purchase it, it's for your nuclear family for you to use at your leisure. And then you also get four 
uh, conference calls with me and the community, the other people taking it to ask questions. And then you get a, uh, also one hour just with me because I've been learning that, you know, I need to do that because folks have private things and, and answering a question publicly, not good. So, um, they get an hour, it's a 50 minute hour with me by phone and they can ask me any question they want. So, um, so one is getting the six hour course, all the materials, uh, the four um, uh, conference calls, and also an hour with me. So I, it costs three ninety five, but it's probably about six or seven hundred dollars in value. Right, and of course the value can't be measured because it's stuff that you'll use the entire life of your uh, parenting years raising your kids. So I highly recommend it. It is really good stuff, and it just it will take you deeper into the stuff that we're focused on here. Yeah, all these our topics. Podcast. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next week, uh, we're going to be back with another question. And uh, I know sometimes we seem a little boy-heavy on Wonder of Parenting, but that's the issues that people keep asking us about. And uh, next week, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, a question from a mom. She's got a really young son whose behavior at school uh, seems a little different than his behavior at home, and she's trying to make sense of all of that. And I think uh, a lot of parents uh, will appreciate this next one coming up. So, Michael, thank you so very, very much uh, you, for Tim. your time. and. And uh, for all of you listening, we thank Thanks, you. everyone. Please, uh, if you enjoy the podcasts, uh, leave us a review on iTunes. That would be great. That helps get more people uh, engaged. And let your friends know. Use social media. Let them know uh, that this is helpful. We, the more people listening, the better. And we hope you have a great week. We'll be with you for our next episode. Save big money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money.